Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And we are investigating really? what you all asked us to investigate. Really giving it to you guys here. We've gotten so many requests for this. And we've been wanting to investigate this for a long time and That's didn't think we could. truth. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to level with you. Mm-hmm. We Good looked one. into Flat Earth. Flat Earth. When we started the podcast, I remember thinking it would be really fun to do an episode on Flat Earthism, Flat Eartherism, Flat, flat Earth. Yeah. But we're never going to find a group of a people whole... who actually get together. Right. Maybe Cause... online you can exactly, find. Exactly, because that's what it was for a while. Yeah. There were a couple little organizations and they weren't formal ones. And they would just put out their information online and maybe there'd be a guy in California and then another one one in Texas and a few other people in England. And you know it's somebody who has been writing letters to his granddaughter to put online for him (laughs) or or he builds a GeoCities page or something like that, you know, and it's it's got still bright blue with white letters and animated GIFs. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Bears dancing to the Rainbow Connection. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, 12 (laughs) copies of the bear dancing. (laughs) And it's not even formatted right. So two of them are on the bottom below the other 10. Because that was about the quality of the Flat Earth movement. Yeah, for for a long time. time. But now in a world where up is down and left Mm -hmm. is right and uh, orange is the new black, we have a resurgence of Flat earth believe people who feel that the earth is flat obviously you look out and sure enough intuitively yeah things are flat you Mm -hmm. can put a ball on the ground it'll stay there mostly on uh, level ground but they don't believe that we live like if you zoom out the earth is a large globe or a oblate spheroid a slightly squeezed ball Mm -hmm. because it rotates it's around 25,000 24,901 miles. Thank you. If you want to be uh, more specific at the equator around. So yeah, when you zoom into our scale, it does feel flat. It feels flat. But there are some people who think that the Earth is flat, flat. Right. Either floating in the middle of space as a large disc. Disc. And shaped like, like a pizza. Yeah. And if you sail your Spanish galleon off the edge, it just falls into space. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's something around the perimeter or... Which seems to be the most common claim. Yeah. Ice wall around the perimeter. But uh, what do you have there, Carrie? It looks like you've been doing some research. Yeah. Well, I wanted to know more about the history of Flat Earth, but it's such a funny thing to look up because you're digging into deep, deep history. Yeah. You're not just looking at the history of, you know, anti-vaccination or something is going to at least have a starting point. Flat Eartherism, it's like the starting point was humankind. Yeah, people have had thoughts about their home place for yeah. uh, many years. And this was sort of the default position because like you say, you'd look out and you'd go, yep, flat. Wasn't even a discussion, right? Right. And there's a certain, yeah, intuitive sense to it. You're used to things falling off the edges of other things. And oh, we're on one of those things writ large. Right. One of my favorite quotes about just the intuitive nature of certain observations is uh, from Ludwig Wittgenstein. Tell me, Wittgenstein asked a friend, why do people always say it was natural for man to assume that the sun went around the earth rather than the earth was rotating? His friend replied, Well, obviously, because it just looks as though the sun is going around the earth. Wittgenstein replied, well, what would it have looked like if it had looked as though the earth was rotating? I thought that was just really insightful because I always kind of accepted that. Like, yeah, it does look like the sun goes around the earth. And we Mm -hmm. still use that language. The sun is setting. The sun is rising. Because the passive voice is so hard to use. Like, we are moving away from the sun now. (laughs) We should go to bed. The sun isn't high in the sky. The earth has moved over the sun. (laughs) In relative positioning, we are now such that the light is no longer hitting the surface upon which we are standing. (laughs) There's just like... (laughs) Yeah, there's no succinct way to say that. So I just... Thought that was brilliant. Okay, yeah, it does feel intuitively like that's the case, but what would it look like if the obverse yeah. were true? Right, right. And that's what we have to keep in our minds as we look at the flat earth. What are the limitations of our ability to even sense these things? Right. Uh, so I, I dug up some history from the American Physical Society. Uh, so Pythagoras was the first known person to say he thought the earth was spherical. Did you know that? I did not know that. Um, yeah. Way no. to put your neck out there, Pythagoras. <laughs> yeah. Pythagoras actually thought that it was a sphere because spheres are the most perfect shape. Oh, okay. It was like an Aristotelian thing. Yes, exactly. Okay. So that was around 500 BC. 
But speaking of Aristotle, in 322 BC, Aristotle said he thought the Earth was a sphere also, and his three main arguments were ships, shadows, and stars. Okay. Uh, so ships coming over the horizon, uh, eventually it looks like they've disappeared because they're going over that horizon oh, yeah. line. Well, you already convinced me with the alliteration. <laughs> well, thank you, because that was my alliteration. I don't know, if, not it, how they I don't know it. if it was in the original language. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> So yeah, ships, they disappear. You lose the bottom of them and right. eventually the mast. And it's not that they're getting too small to see because you'll see half of them and then the top disappears, right? Right. And then shadows. So the round shadow of the Earth on the moon during okay. an eclipse. Oh, yeah. And then stars. So different constellations are visible at different latitudes. Pretty Legit. solid, pretty solid argument. Yeah. So then we have Eratosthenes who measured the circumference of the yeah. Earth. Uh, oh, well, then do you know the year that he figured it out? Well, I want to say it was 3rd century BCE. It was in the yeah. 200s. Okay. Mm-hmm. 276 BC. Okay. And That's me- what I know. He measured the lengths of two shadows and then extrapolated from that the circumference of the Earth and was pretty darn close. Man, impressive. Did you know he was the chief librarian of the Library of Alexandria? I did not know that. Yeah. Whoa. Pretty big job, oh, mister. I can't think too much about the Library of Alexandria. Yeah, I just get... bummer. Like, it'll still bum me out. Yeah, it's a bummer. So then people started being like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. This checks out. It wasn't even that controversial. Even the early church was like, okay, fine. The earth's round. Who gives a shit? Right, right. Um, the Bible does refer to, say, the four corners of the earth right. at certain points, as we've talked about before. But it also does, in Psalm, refer to the circle of the earth. Mm-hmm. So I I think they use that as currency, though you could have a flat circle. Yeah, definitely the church goes back and forth on what it finds upsetting and what it doesn't. But for a while, they seem to find this pretty non-controversial. Uh, in 1816 or thereabouts, a man named Samuel Raubatham, who went by the name Parallax. Oh, oh yeah, he was the Zetetic astronomy guy. Yes. So he made the first known flat earth pamphlet. Uh-huh. And it's still around. You can still get it on Amazon. And did he like he waited 50 years or something and then he expanded it into a bigger book yeah so the book i think the book is called earth is not a globe not terribly creative a title sure truth um, in advertising but yes exactly and i did not in conclusions i went through it a little bit boy yeah he was real creative though yeah yeah i really i don't know i don't think i would have done as good a job defending the earth being flat if i had to okay yeah usually i can at least imagine well how would i defend that if i had to Mm -hmm. but that's what I was really looking forward to in this investigation is, oh, I can't wait to hear the explanations yeah. for how we know the Earth is flat. So one of the things that he said is that when things disappear over the horizon, it's just that they're getting smaller and smaller because of perspective. And he used a bunch of drawings to try to defend this that were legitimately confusing. I'll give him the confusion factor. Okay. But, you know, I just kept thinking, yeah, but they're not just getting smaller. The bottom drops off of them. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, he didn't really seem to deal with that. But to be fair, I didn't read the whole thing. We jump forward. 1956, Samuel Shenton sets up the International Flat Earth Society in Dover, UK. But the space race was impending and people were kind of just like not in the mood for <laughs> yep. this. Yeah, that's silliness. a bad time when Sputnik is going up right. and you're like, oh, by the way. Yeah, th- this is all fake. <laughs> right. So he kind of got laughed out of the picture. Okay. Um, the global conversation. And global. Then, <laughs> that won't be the last globe joke, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And you sailed right past the 1490s. It's a common misconception that at Columbus's time, people thought that the earth was flat. Ah. He was going to sail off the edge. No. They knew it was a globe. They just thought it was a much bigger globe than he did. And he just had an incorrect measure of the circumference in his mind. Oh, interesting. I don't think I had ever heard people say that. As he sailed off for India. Yeah. So then 1972, a man named Charles K. Johnson took over the International Flat Earth Society and it grew to 3,000 members. Whoa. Still pretty small. Yeah. Guess where Johnson lived? I'm just going to say Australia. Lancaster, California. Whoa. Yeah, Lancaster. Just over the hill Yeah, from us. yeah. Now, I remember finding this before. I think it was back when I was like in high school. I looked up the Flat Earth really? Society and found out, oh my gosh, Lancaster. Is he still around? No, he's passed away. Oh. But even then, I remember looking at it and being like, I think this is just one guy. And I 
think it pretty much was. Oh, okay. Furiously printing out pamphlets and mailing them all around the United States as he also played correspondence chess. Right, all over the Flat Earth. Um, (laughs) At the time, Johnson said they don't evangelize about the Flat Earth Society because, quote, anybody who's got any brains has already joined. No, okay. Quoted in the San Diego Reader. Yeah, that's not a very evangelistic uh, attitude. Yeah. Oh, this is one of my favorite facts about him. Johnson said the police framed OJ... Because they were mad that OJ was in a movie called Capricorn One, which ah. is about a fictional fake NASA Mars mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they framed him for murder like you do. So yeah, the Flat Earth Research Society burned down in 1995. That was in Johnson's house. Oh, no. And then Johnson died in 2001. Then in 2015, it was sort of revived by a guy named Eric Dubay, but it's mostly a bulletin. Eric Dubay, he came up. Okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. Why do people believe this or say they believe it? Like you mentioned, the Bible, the four corners of the earth are mentioned in Revelation Mm -hmm. and Ezekiel and Isaiah. If you're going to accept the Bible, you got to accept every jot and tittle. And there's that stuff about the firmament. So sometimes people Mm -hmm. will believe it's flat, but it's got this kind of dome over it where the stars are caught. So yeah, why do people believe it now? I mean, some people say it's because of the Bible. Also, conspiracyism has grown mm-hmm. exponentially in this country. I mean, in the last decade, over half of the U.S. now thinks that we're hiding 9-11 secrets. Over half the U.S.? Mm-hmm. <gasps> really? Yep. No. Yep. A bunch of people listening to this right now think that. I don't want that to be true. <laughs> okay. And then, of course, the explosion of flat earth celebs that's happened in just, what, the last like three years. Yeah. So you've got your Tila Tequila, you got your B.O.B., B-O-B. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Kyrie Irving, an NBA player, and Sammy Watkins of the LA Rams. B-Y-O-B-O-B. <laughs> Sure, bring him. Yeah, actually, please bring him on the show. <laughs> oh, we would gladly invite B.O.B. on the show oh, please, to talk about anytime, the Flat Earth. Anytime. And that's it. That's the history of Flat Earth. Okay, though. thank you, Carrie. My that was pleasure. an excellent report. So we had occasionally been looking on meetup.com, mm-hmm. Facebook. You know, we'd been trying and, to put out feelers. And just our regular Google searches yeah, off and on. Flat Earth Los Angeles. Are there any groups out there? And for a long time, I don't think there were. No, then, except this one guy in Lancaster. And then about a year ago, our friend Spencer, Spencer Marks, who's been on the show before, he told us about a group that he had found in Orange County, and they had a Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And he had attended one of their meetings, and there's a little video spot that was filmed of him interviewing one of the guys and trying to explain aspects of how we know the Earth is a globe. We should mention Spencer's also a pilot. Yes, so he had some relevant experience there as well. Uh, Anyways, it was a great little video, and so he told us about this group, and so we had joined them on Facebook and we were waiting for them to have another event and it wasn't happening. But in the meantime, we found a group on Meetup. Actually, a listener sent us. Thank you, listener. I didn't even remember that. Thank you, listener. Was. That was meeting up in the Los Angeles area towards the beach side of Los Angeles, so out west. And we thought, ooh, an actual group of flat earth believers yeah. are going to get together. Let's go join Finally. them. And so this was a flat earth and pizza meetup. Yes, it was intended that pizza would be the shape of the earth and a good model representative of... Was that intended? Did someone say Yeah, that? They, oh, they joked about that. Like, yeah, of course, we're eating pizza because it's shaped like the earth. Right. The so, earth is a disc man. Very appropriate. So yeah, we signed Not up... Not a disc man, but a disc man. <laughs> Sony disc man. Yeah. So yeah, we both signed up for this meetup group and their background image is a picture that represents what they think the earth actually looks like. It is a flat disc, so you're looking downward... You're seeing the North Pole in the very center of this circle, and then all the continents kind of radiating outward Mm -hmm, from the North mm -hmm. Pole, as we would expect. And then as you follow down where you would normally find Antarctica, you find an ice wall that That goes all the way around the Earth. Extends completely around the Earth. So it's just this gigantic ice wall, uh, like Game of Thrones, I guess. So you're picturing it, the perimeter, kind of the crust of the pizza is this ice wall. So usually you point out to people when you see a projection of a map on a flat surface. Oh, look, they've made Antarctica look way larger than it is. This group says, au contraire. (laughs) 
It's actually much larger. Much bigger. It extends completely around the planet. And why haven't you seen this, you may ask? Well, because... I'm the, being lied to. You're being lied to by NASA, by all the governments, religions as well. They've all colluded to keep you away from that ice wall and to hide its knowledge from you. Right. And for a couple reasons. One thing I've heard is that there is something very secret in the ice wall. And if we got there, we would find, I don't know, undercover agents working in the ice wall. Let's go. (laughs) But the more common explanation I got was either I don't know why they're doing that or it's to make you believe that we have the space program and that it requires all these taxes <laughs> so that then you pay into the system and then Just, they use that yeah, for feeds the military. The financial machine right. that grinds and churns. And then, of course, you hear the phrase military-industrial complex mm-hmm. 15 times. Well, I think we should get our listeners to fund us to go to the ice wall. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll go to that ice wall. I want wall. to see it now. So we showed up. It was August 20th, and it was the day before this most recent eclipse that hit North America. Right. And so this was a big deal. Everybody was waiting. So I think that would have been a Sunday because the eclipse was on a Monday. So it was at 5 o'clock p.m. Mm -hmm. And I think 15 people had RSVP'd. And I know at least 12 showed up because that's how many were represented in the picture we took at the end. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, So, you know, good-sized group of people meeting in this pizzeria. Good pizza, too. Yeah. The place has vegan cheese. Appreciate it. They did, yeah. We both got Daya cheese on our pizzas. Mm -hmm. I got mushrooms. and I don't remember what veggies I got on mine. We are running a tad light because parking is tricky anywhere near the beach Oh yeah, in LA. And I'm also a grandma driver, so I'll be like, oh, I missed that turn. Well, I guess I'll turn in three blocks. Eventually, Carrie's like, well, you get out and go there <laughs> and I'll go find parking. You weren't oh. too far behind me though. No, it wasn't too bad. So we were a bit late, but other people were just trickling in too. So yeah. we weren't late late. By the time I went to sit down though, you were already knee deep in a conversation. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't quite expect how fast this would all happen. I thought more, you know, hi, I'm Abigail. Oh, I'm Carrie. Cool, uh-huh. cool, cool. What do you do? No. Nope. Walk right up and Ross is saying something like, okay, I see. And then, and, <laughs> and, and why does NASA do that? <laughs> yeah. They waste no time. In fact, pretty much everybody we met would immediately want to know, A, are you a flat earther? And B, when did you become a flat earther? Right. They want to make sure you're part of the tribe and But they'll accept sort of an in-between answer if you say, Which oh, is- I'm not totally convinced yet. They actually think that's kind of cool. They're like, oh, oh yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Place to be. Yeah, and we were able to honestly say, you know, we're still on the fence, but I've been watching a lot of videos and I thought it would be great to meet some people in person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were cool with that and they liked that we were open and receptive and asking questions. Mm-hmm. This, mostly. I think there were a couple yeah. people who were side eyeing us, but mostly I think they were. Yeah. So this, I think, was the most prominent example in all of our investigations of having to ride that line between asking too many questions or potentially exposing flaws in the argument. Right. Thereby ending the conversation. Right. Or trying to get more information. And it, yeah, it was a real tricky balance of not getting too critical, but also right. wanting them to clarify. And, and I think we have just kind of a natural limit where you sort of get one chance to sort of put out, okay, here's the problem I'm seeing uh-huh. and try to phrase that in a non-threatening way, give them a chance to respond. And if they don't answer it to your satisfaction, well, you just got to let it go. Right. That was your chance. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get it, well, that's fine. We move on. Mm-hmm. That happened a lot. And I, I felt in this investigation, I was asking way more questions than I ever do in our other investigations. Yeah, I asked a lot of questions too. I also had to let a lot of stuff go, you know, because in other conversations where you're genuinely trying to understand where someone's coming from, you can kind of listen to a detail and then explore that detail with them. With this, there's so much flying at you that, yes, you know, runs in the face of everything you know about science and the world that you really have to be selective. You have to be like, okay, that was crazy, but I'm just going to let that one go. And it puts you in a position too, where you you hear them question something that we all just kind of assume to be true, and you're not quite ready to succinctly explain why we know it to be true. Definitely. Yeah, and I found myself in that position a few times uh, mm-hmm. that I think we'll highlight, where I just didn't know exactly what the rejoinder would be. Right, and I think they would say, well, that's because you've just accepted these things as mm-hmm. true, which is on some level Fair. kind of true. Yeah. But you know, I found myself checking in with that a lot because they would say that about other people. Oh, well, they just accept what anyone says is true. Yeah. So I thought, okay, you know, why do I think the earth is round? And I thought about it and I was like, 
there are definitely a couple pieces of scientific data that are in my toolbox about why I think the earth is round. But part of it is trust. It is just believing that the collaboration of all these scientists weeds out bad actors after enough time. That you don't live in a world where everyone is systematically lying to you. Right. I remember that being used as an example. I can't remember where, but I remember once someone actually saying, what if Antarctica didn't exist? What if all the photos you saw were just faked or they Mm. were glaciers near Iceland or something? You've never been there. Most people haven't. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking about that as a philosophical exercise. Like, whoa, yeah, boy, yeah. that would be hard to prove. Yeah. So I was really looking forward to hearing the kinds of answers that they gave us. <laughs> so one of the first things I heard was a guy who was very confidently dispelling this whole official story about the eclipse that was going to happen. And he was saying, tomorrow in Australia, they're going to have full sun, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yet this patch of shadows just going to be hitting us in North America. I mean, you're saying that the sun is millions of miles away. Is it like visual infinity? How can one object only block part of that? Okay. Okay. I'm trying to picture how he's picturing the solar system in his head. Yeah. So he's picturing like a really huge light, like someone pointing a flashlight at Earth very far away and then maybe just a marble somewhere in that beam of light. Yeah. And I think yeah, his- That would still make just part of His the- problem is he's thinking <laughs> well, that if concerned. anything can block the sun, mm-hmm. that it's just going to immediately block the whole Earth's view of the sun. He doesn't okay. realize that the penumbra of the moon is going to just hit a certain right. portion of the surface. And so at this point, I'm like, do I point this out to him? Uh-huh, right. Does he not get it? And so he thought this was and laughable. Then what will he, happen? Right, if right. I say that, do I have to leave? And we're like, that's it for our show. Yeah. So I was, I was so kind of stunned. I just didn't know how to respond. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> like there's. <laughs> he has a really like blank look on his face. <laughs> there's five different things I feel like I need to lay out, and I don't have time for that. So all right. And if you did you would be sort of tipping your hands to one of the non-paranoids. Right. I am here to educate you on right. the roundness of the earth. So right. so let that one go. But it was interesting. I found that the language they were using reminded me a lot of what I hear kind of in the science-minded community where they would say, some people, you know, there's just nothing you can say to them. Uh-huh. You just need to let it go because they're not going to open their eyes. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So Uh, we were sitting at a table kind of in the back of this restaurant. There were more men than women, but mm -hmm. close to gender parity. And yeah, I'd say there were about a third women. Okay. I was sitting next to a woman who I'll call Mariah. Yeah. And she reminds me of Mariah Carey. Right. And she had like such a. An almost like magical personality about her. Yeah, I would... Just everything came tripping out of her like she was walking on air and she was just so nice to talk to. I would say out of everyone we met, she was the most likely to be found at one of our alien conferences. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of airy-fairy, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I'm just interested in truth and light and togetherness. Yeah, she was pleasant. And she reads her Bible. Oh, she was very pleasant. Yeah. And I found out later, I'm kind of flirty. Oh, okay. Not in this meeting, but there's another time later where she kept finding excuses to touch my arm or touch my chest. Oh, okay. Whoa. Yeah. There's <laughs> a big jump between arm and chest. Right. Um, That's when I was like, okay, this is intentional. Uh, <laughs> this is <the> thing. <laughs> I asked her, well, so why do you think they're doing all this? Why do you think they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes about the flat earth? Yeah. And she said, I don't know. End of response. That's it. And that's just so hard for me to wrap my head around. Because to me, the only reason I can imagine getting in this mindset is if you, you're skeptical of the government or whatnot, and you've invented this whole narrative in your head about how they're manipulating you and so on. I can kind of understand that. But to just be like, I don't know, man. I just know the earth is flat. Just let that hang. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard for me to imagine. Yeah, I preferred that to a related but different response from her neighbor, who is also sitting very close to us. We'll call her Florence. Mm-hmm. She would turn everything into this tirade about how we're lied to by everybody. Uh-huh. And she would just take so much time to kind of state the same thing over and over. Oh, they're lying to us. And I'm just, I'm really tired of being lied to with NASA and even children's television programming. And so she would get through all of that and she'd say, but I, I just don't know. In response to a question, say, but I just don't know, man. We don't know. Oh. And so she would get to the same place. Uh-huh. As Mariah, but she would take a lot longer to get there. Conclude with, I don't have any answers is all I'm saying. It's like, well, stop saying that because I... (laughs) 
I want to hear the rest of the conversation going. She was right next to me. So she was getting on my nerves a little bit just because of that because I felt she was just so loud and I couldn't not pay attention to her. Right, right, right. She also had band-aids. There was a big band-aid on her chin and there were big band-aids across her forehead and she had one of those running uh, sweatbands. There we go. Uh Covering some of that. So I don't know what was going on with the band-aids, but yeah, that is Florence. We also had another gentleman. There there were a few gentlemen near us. And most of our conversation, at least in the pizzeria, was with these four people who were closest to us. And I think you and I were sitting near each other. Mm -hmm. So there was a gentleman named, we'll call him Mark. And he had a very gentle, pleasant face. And I liked him because I think he worked the hardest to try to give us a working answer. And he knew a lot. He had spent a lot of time studying a lot of things. And and he could give us, I think, the meatiest answers of what the Flat Earth community would say to a particular problem. Right. I asked him if he worked in technology. Oh, yeah. He was a producer, like a radio producer. He kept talking about airplane technology. So it's like, oh, is this your field? He's like, oh, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I work in technology. Oh, what kind of technology? Oh, well, I... um. I produce for a local TV station. Oh, like, okay. okay. That I mean, involves technology. Definitely. But I did feel a little bit like he would have liked it more if I had just said, oh, are you involved in technology? Cool. And not gotten this extra bit of information. Right, right. Yeah, not avionics. It was interesting. Uh, later on, someone was complaining bitterly. I think it was the military guy. There was this large, really built guy who kind of towered above the rest of us. And yeah, he looked like he was like an ex-Navy SEAL or something like that. And uh, he was saying, well, we're not scientists. And because we're not scientists, we don't have a voice. No one even cares what we have to say. But I thought it was really telling like, okay, we want to have a say on these issues, but you know, we don't have these proper credentials. And so no one pays attention to us. Right. Well, maybe for a reason. But yeah, but I I understand the disenfranchisement. Yeah. Yeah, it's understandable because there is also what does the person do who doesn't sort of intuitively speak the language of science and has trouble understanding those concepts? Mm -hmm. You know, are they just dismissed from the conversation because they can't understand or is there a way to invite them in? I think that's a struggle for a lot of people. Yeah. And then there was another guy I'll call Jay. Uh, He was wearing a hoodie most of the time and I met him first in the line. Really friendly, also had a lot of good substantial answers, but he was saying that he was more more onto other issues now, like weight loss and yoga, I think, but still rocking the flat earth thing. And hey, we're all flat getting- earth to weight loss. Why not? And I think he was excited that this group was getting larger. They were saying that like, oh, every month there's like a new person. That's great. Yeah. Anyway, so those are the people who are kind of immediately around us that we heard from most of the time. He was pointing out that if you look out at the reflection of the sun and the water, the sun's reflection is always mirror flat and that it's lengthened and that if we we really live on a globe earth that we should only see a tiny reflection of the sun. It shouldn't be stretching out. Yeah. I was trying to wrap my head around that. I was like, well, not if it's at an angle where the top of it reflects off one portion of the water and the bottom of the Uh sun reflects off a different portion. Big sun. Yeah. And then you have everything in between the top and bottom filled by more sun. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure what the argument there was, but he thought that was a pretty drop the mic kind of argument. Wow. Okay. Speaking of which, Mm -hmm. uh, Florence was very upset at Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, well, why wouldn't you be? Dismissive scientist. And she said, oh, yeah, you ask him why the Earth is round. And he just drops his mic like, oh, I answered it because of gravity. Oh, uh uh-huh. And she uh just thought that was the rudest thing. So, yeah, we heard a lot of shade toward Neil deGrasse Tyson and, and Bill gravity. Nye. Oh, yeah, and gravity, right. Uh, yeah, no one escapes the the gravity well of their, their spite, uh, including gravity and Bill Nye, the science guy. Gravity, I think, was the first thing that I actually decided, okay, I'm going to try to understand this one and maybe risk you knowing that I'm skeptical of this. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, I said, oh, okay, I... I haven't really heard that about gravity before. So what what is gravity then? Right. Why do like, things yeah, predictably if I, fall in the same direction right, if, if I, I drop them? If I push something off this table, it falls. What's that? Well, and then the guy I was talking to puts his hands up by his shoulders, you know, in an exaggerated truck. He's like, well, it's that's just how it is. It's not gravity. It's not some thing. Things fall. It's just how it is. A lot of oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. I, I think I heard from a couple. They just said, "Oh, it's a density." You know, the denser things. Oh yeah, I go heard to that the from a couple people too. And then there's also a belief, which I heard one person sort of espouse that the 
Earth, whatever it is, happens to be moving through space at 9.8 meters per second squared. And that's why we feel gravity is because the Earth is rising up to meet us. Wow. Okay. Did you... Chew on that, Carrie Poppy. (laughs) I didn't get to ask anyone this. Did you ask anyone why a Foucault's pendulum works? No, that would have been a fun one. Yeah, as I kept a follow-up. I kept thinking that, but I was doing the same thing you were doing, which is this sort of give and take of giving them a lot of uh, latitude <laughs> <laughs> to say, you know, any nutty thing they wanted and not really giving too much bite back, but right. I kept thinking about that damn pendulum. Oh, and we have a lot of these things that we threw out, and it was fun telling other people the story later because everybody has their own kind of linchpin argument. Uh-huh. So one friend would say, "Well, then how do you explain the trans-Antarctic exploration, you know, where they went from one shore to the other. Oh, right. Oh, well, that that was all lies, or they were walking around the perimeter or something. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, everyone had their own kind of little pet theory. Right, right. Ships on the horizon. Yeah, exactly. We did discuss a lot of them, but we didn't dominate the discussion, so we only could bring up so many. Florence was saying that she conditions her friends by telling them just wherever they are, she'll kind of point out, hey, look at that horizon. Oh, look at this horizon over here. She said... (laughs) Poor Florence's friends. (laughs) I know, right? She said, by doing that, you can just prime them to notice the horizon and how flat it is. All right. There you go. That's interesting. That's almost like an attempt at brainwashing she is doing. Mm Mm-hmm. But she hates being lied to by other people. (laughs) I'm trying to picture just like, I'm walking along with my friend. I'm like, yeah, I'm reading a really good book. Look at that horizon. Just look at it. All right, go on. (laughs) Right. I asked what astronauts did before CGI, because clearly they believe that computer graphic imagery is the explanation for all of these weather maps we see and all these satellite photos and the oodles and oodles of data coming from space all the time. Is that, oh yeah, this is all just manipulated by NASA. Ah, so what did they do before CGI? Oh, well, they had, you know, like lenses. Fisheye lenses. Yeah, fisheye lenses, Mm -hmm. uh, wide angle lenses, and that explains everything right hmm and i remember i was watching a piece of footage recently of a woman on the international space station and you can see the curvature of the globe right behind her Uh nothing else inside the spacecraft was distorted in any way oh good point and so you but maybe there's a big fisheye lens on something that's outside the craft or wouldn't it be fun if they built the craft just that one particular camera angle and they built all the angles to counteract (laughs) the curve (laughs) and her (laughs) exactly yeah i guess if she's at the very middle she might be okay. Yeah, and yeah. she was, but... Oh, I, QED. I'm guessing their theory would be that there is a green screen behind her and yeah. they just replace this as they do with movies now. A story that's a bit apocryphal, no one's really confirmed, and that's why I didn't include it, but one of the heads of the Flat Earth Society was shown some pictures from space. Oh. And I don't know if this is true, but allegedly he said, oh, well, maybe we need to rethink some of our positions and kind of screwed really? off. But then later said, I figured it out. It was a fisheye lens. They took a picture of whatever and turned it into a big sphere and then took a picture of that picture. Okay. All right. Yeah, that was their explanation for what preceded computer graphics, but it is expensive to create graphics like that, especially convincing ones and high quality ones. There's a reason Hollywood movies cost as much as they do, mm-hmm. but apparently they're guessing that the you know $18.5 billion that NASA gets every year goes almost exclusively just to fooling us with all of these images. Why? Yeah, why? 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 So just to bring up another why, yeah. some people also told us it doesn't really have that much to do with taxes. It's just in general to keep you from trusting your own minds because yes. it's so obvious that the earth is flat. If we can get you into this idea, you can't even trust your own <laughs> eyes, then we can do anything. And then we'd be like, so what's anything? What's the thing they're doing? Well, just anything, just anything. All these wars. And Florence had this amazing analogy for that. She said, you know, if you want to keep a little kid on a plate, what do you do? What? This is not uh, something that I relate to. You lie to them to keep the crawling baby on the plate. What? (laughs) That's not what you do. Put some candy on that plate. What are you talking about? (laughs) That was she lied to the baby to keep, it <laughs> keep it on the plate. That's what she said. That's insane. Jay said that he noticed a real shift about ten years ago, where all of the companies started using the word global 
global that was operations. Before ten years ago, so Jay. ten years ish. So it could have been twelve. Okay, <laughs> oh, cut okay. him a little slack. <laughs> but yeah, you said you notice all of a sudden everyone's talking about global this, global that. Yeah, you have to have such a cynical view of the rest of humanity that so many people know this mm-hmm. but want to keep it from you. Right. And where where are all the whistleblowers who say, "Oh yeah, I'm a pilot, and we actually make up invented stops." They said that like that when you're flying from one place to another, the flights take so long because they intentionally waste your time stopping at other places to make the earth seem bigger than it is or, you know, globular. Right. Well, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Why wouldn't you? Goodness. And they feel that religion is all wrapped up in this. And yeah, this has been going on for centuries Mm -hmm. across religions. So somehow all the religions are in cahoots on this. Catholics and Protestants fought and fought and fought over everything else. But hey, we got to keep this globe (laughs) story consistent. And same with governments. You know, out of 200 plus countries, none of them have decided to speak out and be like, you know what? Here in Zimbabwe... We don't buy that nonsense. Right, yeah. We've been told at United Nations to tell you this, but no. We're not going to do it. It's a flat earth. Right. Nope. An amazing level of conspiracy. Yeah, where's the photo of the ice wall? Oh, right. Certainly (sighs) someone also would just become just a disgruntled ex-employee, if nothing else. Right. Yeah, yeah and, and produce some photos. And constantly throughout the conversation, we were bringing up all the technology people have available to them now. You know, we got balloons. GPS. Drones. GPS. Yeah. How does GPS work? How the heck work? does that work? I did point that out at one point. I said, oh, so I've wondered then about satellites because, you know, you need to precisely align your satellite dish to point at just the right spot in the sky mm-hmm. and not point two degrees to the right or left, what are you pointing at? And Mark said, oh, yeah, that's a good question. But actually, I think it's balloons. I think they have balloons up there and there's a lot of them. So you can hit any one of them and then they can relay the signal wherever they need to. Hmm, You're looking at me like you don't think that's a good explanation. I don't know how that even helps. Yeah. And where's this balloon? And why is it not occluding the sky so that we can all see it with a telescope? Jesus Christ. (laughs) Okay. But also, we were talking about the sort of conspiracy-mindedness we should mention. A lot of these people believe a lot of other conspiracies, too. Yes. I talked to a number of people who believe in things like Project Monarch, that the government is stealing children brainwashing them to become these foot soldiers from the government. They sexually assault them in order to do this. I mean, these are like David Icke lizard people level claims. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of them I are got into that. I got a heck of a lot of that in our second meeting that we'll talk about in our next episode. Though in this meeting, one person did say that his entry point was Noam Chomsky. And oh, that, no. Yeah. And that got him to start questioning things. But then he found Alex Jones. Oh, that's a big jump from Noam Chomsky to Alex <laughs> I Jones. Know. Yeah, I feel like like we're missing a missing link there. And then he said he went from Alex Jones to David Icke. Oh, geez. And he said, oh, even I know, you know, when to look at that and say, okay, maybe this lizard person thing is a metaphor for people who right. are psychopaths. But, you know, that's much better than what we're being fed by NASA and the rest. We'll get to this in a later episode, but this also gets very close to anti-Semitism at places. Mm -hmm. So yeah, these beliefs definitely come attached to a lot of other beliefs. I was saying, well, guys, like I just, you make me want to act on this. Like, can't we figure this out? Can't we send out drone planes to go over the ice wall? How are they going to stop us? What if we all just race for the ice wall together? Like as a force, let's, Mm -hmm. let's do this. And they're like, yeah, that's a great idea, but it hasn't happened yet. Right. I want to see a contingent of flat earth believers. It's more like, yeah, that's a great idea. They go back to eating their pizza. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But there was this one guy, and maybe he's the same guy you're thinking of who could have been ex-military. He kept trying to rile everyone up. Yes. Let's go, guys. They can't take us all. Is this time? Is the revolution ready? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. The revolution. I mean, like, yeah, we need more people and everything. Munch, munch, munch. Yeah. Pizza, pizza, pizza. Yeah. No, I was with him, though. Like, yeah, well, this sounds provable in, at least in concept. You know, if you feel there's this big ice wall, we should be able to go find it and it should be continuous Mm -hmm. and there should be people guarding it, apparently. But Carrie, sometimes when the sun goes away Uh or we turn away from it or it revolves the other part of the disc, I don't know how- I have a name for that. I call that night. However it works. I mean, I I don't know- I mean, it's on a track. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know exactly what's going on up there, but I do know that when I go to sleep at this nighttime- 
quote unquote. Mm -hmm. I want to be comfortable. Yeah. Because that's a third of my life, roughly, at least a quarter. I think it's less for you. Yeah. Yeah. A quarter of my life. It's approaching half. I am living on a slab of some sort. So do you have any recommendations for me of how I can do that in comfort and not harm my body? Actually, it's funny you'd ask this because Ona Ross and Carrie is actually supported in part by Casper. That's a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. Exactly. from, From what I've heard. Yes, and they offer affordable prices because Casper cuts out the middleman. See you later, middleman. And then they sell directly to you, the consumer. It shows up. It comes straight to your place. Nice and firm. If you're looking for a firm mattress, I think this one's for you. And yeah, it comes in this big box that's pretty easy to undo. You really don't need any help setting it up. And that's it's great. pretty easy. And Casper brand mattresses combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. So you can order it, try it out, see if you like it. Yeah. Does it feel right for you? And 100 nights, that's a long time. Yeah. Does your partner agree with you mm-hmm. that it is a comfortable, you know, th- it's a tough decision choosing a mattress. So it's pretty convenient just to have it sent to you, not have to go out to the store and do that whole rigmarole. How do we get it and strap it to the truck? So start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper. You can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash oh no, O-H-N-O, and using the promo code oh no at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. They sure do. I did ask if anyone had seen a photo of Beyond the Wall. You think that would have happened at some point? And Jay said, yeah, I think I've seen something that looks like it was a glimpse Beyond the Wall, uh, but he didn't have it on his phone or anything like mm. that. And later on, someone was saying, yeah, I'm not really sure like what's Beyond the Wall. Maybe it's other worlds, like other civilizations that they're keeping from us. Oh. That's an interesting thought. Huh. That Beyond the Ice Wall, there's just more little pockets of yeah. Earths. Wow. Like all these people's different theories are so contradictory from one another but it's just okay but we agree on this one thing the yeah. earth is flat you know you believe that the bible is accurate i believe that the government is trying to brainwash me right i believe this totally different thing but it doesn't matter we all believe the earth yeah is flat. it felt like there were certain things that they could kind of debate amongst themselves like oh yeah well this is now an open frontier of questioning and mm-hmm. they didn't seem to care too much what the answer was as long as we all agreed that well the earth is flat that's obvious the ocean played into this constantly. Mm-hmm. Just Water levels should be flat. Water doesn't hold a curve. Water is always flat. It goes to the lowest possible point. The thought of curved water, like mm-hmm. how ridiculous is that? But they also pointed out that there's places like the Dead Sea or the Salton Sea where you don't have a tide. Okay, well, they're landlocked bodies of water. Mm-hmm. And it's not big enough, relatively shallow. Yeah, on. you're not going to see a big tide change, so mm-hmm. that makes sense, but uh, not to them. Also, Mark said, because I was asking about long structures that would show the curvature of the earth, and so he said, Yeah, yeah, well, there's a bridge in Lake Pontchartrain that goes on really long. And yeah, it's level and people will point to that all the time and say, oh, look, here you you can see the curvature. These things are all built level. But in this photo, you can see it as it disappears and it's clearly curved. And if you look this up, sure enough, look for the towers and Lake Pontchartrain. And he said, but you would think that if that was true, there would be far more examples of that. Oh, that was his answer. Okay. Yep. So he took a counterexample and turned it into an example because of its rarity. Right. There should be more like that. Mm -hmm. Great. Good job. Uh, Lots of hate for NASA, right and left. Oh, man. Everybody hates NASA. They really do. They are the worst. One person said, oh, yeah, I have like in-laws who work for NASA. And when I go to visit them, I'm just like, oh. Oh, I immediately feel so bad for those (laughs) in-laws. Can you imagine? (laughs) You come home from a hard day. At JPL, and your brother-in-law's like, you got to watch this YouTube for an hour and a half. Right. You know, and that's another thing. I asked- So many YouTube videos. So much YouTube. I asked a lot of people, you know, I'm kind of new to this. What are some good books? I did get recommended that Parallax book, but mm. other than that, not much A lot much of reading. YouTube channels. Lots of YouTube. Oh, yeah. And just hours and hours of content. One of my friends very cynically believes that it's all just to get clicks because these get lots of clicks and lots of advertising dollars. I wouldn't be 
be surprised if that were some people. I don't right. think it's everybody. That's that's my thought as well. There's something to that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, our friend of the show, John Ronson, he's known Alex Jones since before he was famous Alex Jones. Oh, yeah. And I'm not giving anything away here because John has said this in writing and in interviews, but he says that at some point he called Alex on something. He said, oh, you know, that's not how that happened. I was there. And then Alex said, I know what my listeners want. Wow. Oh, yeah, that was the Bohemian Grove thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was funny language used for sussing out fellow believers. We were asked, when did you two wake up? Oh, so okay. It was referred to as waking up. Uh, another guy said, I've been off the ball since 2015. <laughs> Thought that was pretty cute. That's cute. He said, from a very young age, I always had a healthy dose of skepticism. Oh, yeah, that was the one who had gone from Noam Chomsky to Alex Jones to a David Icke. I don't know if I would call that a healthy dose of skepticism. Maybe he was hearing from Dome Chomsky. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That was as close as I could get with that joke. Alex Domes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and even then Florence was saying, well, Alex Jones is telling the truth about electricity and a lot of things, but he lies about the globe and other things. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. not a fully reliable source source of information there. That's good. Sandy Hook, for example. Yeah, we had a lot of YouTubers recommended. Mark Sargent was brought up. That guy that you mentioned earlier. Both of those were pointed out. It's interesting. Everyone would name a certain person and say, well, you got to take them with a grain of salt. They're not right on everything. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it's Eric Dubay who's anti-Semitic. I don't know. I shouldn't say that until I remember exactly. But one of the YouTubers was known for being very anti-Semitic as well. Oh, geez. I don't know why this keeps happening. But in so many of these conspiracy theories, it seems like it circles back to some sort of racism. Not necessarily for each person who believes it, Hmm. but for the origin of the conspiracy. Oh, interesting. That definitely is a recurring theme. Mariah would say some of the funniest things. She was complaining, why do they tell us not to look at the sun? I mean, that's ridiculous. (laughs) I used to look at the sun all the time when I was a kid. And what happened? (laughs) I I I bet you did it for about three seconds. I have a friend of mine online, a little crazy, who uh, he's been trying to get me to read literature on why I should heal myself with my own urine. Oh. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, you should. And also- By drinking it? Drinking it and rubbing it on yourself. yourself. It's, yep. you know, the best sunscreen possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When we did Purium, he was telling me, oh, well, you didn't go far enough. You know, he's really into caloric restriction and you should oh, be okay. starving most of the time. Anyways, he also does sun gazing. That's his thing where he spends a large amount of time looking into the sun. Why? That's what he says. Why? That's a good question. That sounds really painful. Because they told him not to. I mean, I, I'll i admit it, during that eclipse, I was like, dang it, I didn't buy glasses. I'm uh-huh. just going to glance at it. And I glanced at it. Oh, and, and it, it hurt. Hurt. Yeah. And then I didn't see anything. That, that's I not just good. saw a big black hole <laughs> on the backside of my eyeballs. Well, despite Mariah's protestations, she actually had binoculars that were eclipse rated. She was equipped. Even if she eclipse equipped, so she let me borrow them, and I ran outside and looked at the sun for a while through her eclipse binoculars. That was pretty cool. Oh yeah, so this came up after a while. Whether the sun and moon are globes or just oh right flat shapes. So I think most people say it's also a disc, right? Yeah, this is one of those areas of legitimate discrepancy debate within the community. They thought, oh well, you know, I've heard arguments both ways, and Florence was saying, oh well, definitely the moon is not like terra firma, like you. Could couldn't mm-hmm. land on it. Mm-hmm. One thing they were certain of was that it's not reflecting the sun. It can't be doing that. And at one point I said, well, why is the lit side always facing toward the sun? Like we can even see that. And her response was, well, why can you see it during the day? And that was another moment where she caught me. What? what? How do I even start with you? What? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's yeah, a point uh, if you were uh, proving uh, my point, uh, not uh, your point. Uh, 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 <laughs> I don't even know what to say to someone who says that. (laughs) It's reflecting the goddamn sun. (laughs) Yeah, during the day. It just happens to be in that position of the sky. Yeah. What? Why, why do you have a... Uh, uh. Yeah, that that really flummoxed me. Oh, man. I was flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. So during that discussion, she was saying, oh, I think maybe it's lit from within. Uh, maybe it's some kind of controlled mechanism. But I've never seen the other side of it. So why would I think it's round? So we also heard that the moon and maybe the sun, too, are on these tracks. Yes. Like these physical, like train tracks. 
that send it around the earth. Yeah, and they said, have you ever seen where you have, it's super cooled and then you have like a ceramic floating on it? I said, oh yeah, like quantum locking. And they're like, ooh, thank you for saying that. Yes, quantum locking. Well, it's just like that. And so the sun is oh, on- really helpful. The sun is on one helical shaped track and the moon is on an elliptical track, but it's at a five degree angle. Mark was describing this, this is so for much me. more complicated than how it is. Yeah, yeah. I was saying, okay, so during the eclipse, then should we see the track? Right. He said, yeah, you know, maybe, I don't know. I think, well, I think it's invisible. Like, oh, right. how convenient. Then we hear that the track's invisible. And then we hear, at least from one guy, that what the eclipse is, is that all of these, the sun and the moon, both have inner balls of light that are electronic. And at certain points, they cross over each other in the track and they mm-hmm. short circuit. And so when it's oh, short- Oh, is it a short circuiting? Yeah. So when ah. it short circuits, you know, the moon goes out okay. or the sun goes I out or was, whatever. Yeah. I think Mark was describing there's two intersections of their tracks and that's right. where we have eclipses when yes. they both cross it at the same time. And they short each other's ball of energy in the center. Listen, Mark, this is a lot more complicated than just <laughs> accepting that these are all spheres. So when I was talking about whether or not these were spheres, and I was pointing out with the sun, you know, you have sunspots that you can see rotate around the sun and then come back around again. And Florence said to that, well, it could be CGI. And and so that's when Mark jumped in and he said, "Oh no, actually I've 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 seen sunspots, you know, with the naked eye you can see them." Like, "Thank you, Mark." He said, "But, you know, did I really see that?" <laughs> oh, deep. So we should trust our senses 100% of the time except when we should not trust them. Yes. Got it. And one guy was saying, "Yeah, yeah, I you know, I really wonder what does cause the eclipse." I mean, that's a good question. And they're just happy to let that lie just as this big blank floating question Mm. as long as you're able to have your flat earth. On some level, I respect it. I respect the ability to be like, that's a thing I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's good. And then on the other side of it, the fact that you don't know should be added as a checker on the weight on the other side of the scale. How much else are you rejecting to preserve that one mystery. Right. Yet when we were talking about those tracks, I was saying, okay, well, then how do the scientists who accept the globe model, how do they make such accurate predictions? Because we knew this eclipse was coming decades in advance, Mm, right? down to the day and the location. Easy, Ross. They're in charge. (laughs) They can just plan the fucking thing. Exactly. So I said, oh, so are they actually then aware of the flat earth, but they just know the track movements better than this community does? And they said, oh, no, well, there are flat earth people who can make these predictions just as well. I feel if we really plumbed the depths on that, we would not find similar accuracy. Exactly. So at some point during this, you and I happened to both jump up to go get refills of our soda at the same time. That was hard to do because I really wanted more of my vanilla root beer, but (laughs) I couldn't escape this conversation. So we get up there at the same time and I said, hello, Ross. And you said, hello, Carrie. (laughs) We both, I think we had a moment. We're like, we couldn't say more than that, but we were sharing just the gravity, if I may say gravity, uh, of this it situation. It was our little meetup within a meetup. Yeah. Indeed. Mark was also pointing out when we were talking about the moon and what it actually was. There's this rating that they use for reflective surfaces, and the moon is supposed to be almost as reflective as a perfect mirror. So how is this rock material so reflective? Okay. I don't know if that's even true. Have you ever seen a white rock in the snow? And that's a lot of light hitting it. Yeah. White clothes can blind you on a bright day. Yeah. That's all reflected light. Yep. Here's a direct quote from Florence. I'm okay with the moon being a self-illuminating light. I don't think the sun is full of fire anymore. I don't know if it's round. I just don't know. Those are good questions. Great. Sounds like Florence should do more listening. Mm. Another one of my favorites from Florence is she was talking about Tesla. Tesla came up a few times. Uh, Meaning the person, not the company. Correct. Nikola Tesla. Apparently his theories were somehow very compatible with this and they all looked to him as this luminary who spoke to the connectedness of all life and energy. Anyway. And Tesla was a genius and also a bit of a kook. Absolutely. Legitimately a genius, but yeah, he followed also some- Also legitimately a kook. Legitimately a kook. <laughs> she said that Einstein was a very smart person, but when they asked him what it felt like to be the smartest man alive, he said- 
I don't know. You'd have to ask Nikola Tesla. Ah, well. Which, which. Is it a powerful quote? Oh, of course. But it immediately sparked for me. I had, when I was an evangelical Christian growing up, I used to listen to the guitarist Phil Kagey who's an amazing guitarist, absolutely. And so I used to go around telling the story that I'd heard that one time Jimi Hendrix was asked on a late night show, how does it feel to be the most talented guitarist in the world? And he said, I don't know, you'd have to ask Phil Kagey. No, Phil Kagey would tell this story? No, no, others would tell it about him. And I remember when I was starting to leave the faith and then I found out that this was just a made up quote that it was never said, but this was on the internet because other people had heard it and were talking about it. That happens. Yeah, I realized that this is like, a format that people fill in. It's like the deathbed confession. You know, how do you feel about Charles Darwin admitting he was wrong on his deathbed? Well, I feel that was completely made up by someone who wanted to score cheap, easy points. Mm -hmm. And so in the same way, she was using that exact same format. I was like, yeah, that's not a real quote. Right, right. And even if it were, if someone said to me in an interview said, how does it feel to me the most beautiful woman? You know, like I'd be like, I I would try to offset it too. Oh, well, you got to go ask uh, Natalie Palomitas. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But whenever you hear a quote of that form, definitely go check its Oh, yeah, no, I believe you that it's fake. But also, even if it were real, it wouldn't mean much. Right. It would be one guy being nice to one other guy. Oh, another huge thing I learned about was Mount Miru, which is apparently this giant mountain that is the center of everything. The tracks, I think, are connected to it. Oh, okay. And, like, the sun goes down to it and comes back. Somehow, like, it's connected to this whole- Where is it? Right? Where is Mount Miru? We should be able to see it on this flat earth from here, right? Oh, is it? So it's not on the earth. Well, that's another point for debate. (laughs) Okay. So it is either in the very center of the world, as according to ancient Hindu belief, I guess that's where Mount Miru comes from, or it is at the North Pole. So the North Pole would be in the center of the earth in their conception. Okay, got it. Right, right. Yeah. So, okay. So that would make sense, except we don't see it. Right. It's not there. But there are hours long videos explaining... Mount, Mount Miru, Miru and solving oh, I that. like that. Yeah, isn't that great? Mount Miru. I'm picturing it being that green friendly monster in Moana. Oh, yeah. Okay. Titu Tacha. Titu <laughs> Close enough. Tafiti. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there were so many things. I feel like we need to save the rest of these for later. That sounds good. There were far more explanations. We'll save those for later, but I think it's important now to go to the beach. That sounds fun, but you know what I love to do on the beach? Listen to quality entertainment, probably. Exactly. You're speaking my language. See, we're having a little meetup inside of our meetup. So what could I listen to on the beach that would be good? Uh, Listen to this. Hey there, folks. I'm writer and performer Dave Holmes, and I host International Waters, where we pair a team of comedians in L.A. against a team of comedians in London in a pop culture trivia battle royale. Comedians like Elizabeth Lame. Can I ask yeah. you, is that a chasm or a chasm that you just discovered between you and Joe? chasm. <laughs> a chasm. Okay. Nobody says chasm. <laughs> nice try. Do you say chasm? Were you trying to soft pitch your idea of saying chasm? Well, I've just learned something, you guys. <laughs> April Richardson. In high school, I cut my hair really short. Yeah. But in between, I got a mullet as a joke. Like, I went to the place and I was like, okay, cut it all except the back and I'll have that for like a day. And then I started like getting my feelings hurt. So people were like openly laughing at me. And many more. Join us every other week on International Waters with me, Dave Holmes. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like keeping a child on a plate. <laughs> what would you do? You'd lie to them. You'd lie to them. Keep them on that plate. Obviously. That woman has <laughs> never babysat. So at some point, we were all together and someone suggested, hey, we should go down to the beach and watch the sunset. So it was getting later in the day. Sun yeah. was setting. I think it was the leader of our tribe. So there are two leaders and only one was here this time. The woman who will call... Addison. It was about maybe an hour and a half into the meeting, and yeah, it was getting close to sundown. So we walked off toward the beach, crossed the street together, and there were many more conversations along the way, mm-hmm. interacting, exchanging ideas. Our group dwindled in size a little bit at this point. Some people didn't feel like going down there. Had a little debate over whether there are satellites or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mark took the position that, yeah, yeah, I think I've seen satellites. I think that's a real thing. Florence, not so convinced that satellites are real. 
Sure. That was fun. We had a little trouble finding our way down to the beach, but we finally found a way through. Walked over the highway and uh, yeah, got, took our shoes off. Someone had those glasses for looking at the sun. So we traded those around and looked at the sun. Yeah, that was great. Now around this time, Mariah pulled me aside and she's like, so how'd you find out about this? And asking really probing questions about my history with flat earthism. Mm, mm-hmm. So I said, you know, I really don't know if I believe it or not. Definitely what I was always taught was that it's a globe. Um, I just found out about this kind of recently and I just started reading about it. I had never really done that, you know, really stretching out the story to avoid <laughs> telling her too much of the truth, I should say. Then she she finally said like, so, oh, so you don't actually, you're not actually a flat earther really. Mm. And I said, I guess I'm still deciding or something like that. And then she started tapping people. She's not even a flat earther yet. <laughs> like it was good news though. Oh, you know? okay. Oh, like isn't that yeah. cool? Hey, she yeah. came here Someone anyway because she's open-minded. I remember as we were leaving later, she kind of turned to everybody like, they're not even convinced yet. Yeah. But they were here. How cool is that? Great. Yeah. Definitely felt welcome. And yeah, as we're sitting by the beach, we're asking more questions about, it seems like the sun would have to be a sphere, I'm saying, because as it gets farther away, we still see it as a full circle. And it Mm -hmm. seems if it's a disc, you know, different parts of the sky, people are going to see it either angled away from them or toward them. It's going to start looking like a vitamin. It's going to show some, yeah, some perspective. So they're saying, yeah, that would be an argument in favor of it being a sphere. And as we're seeing it come towards the horizon, though it wasn't perfect for us because there were mountains or a different part of the land in the way and there were a lot of clouds. So we didn't get to see a clean dip over the horizon. But I was saying, we've all seen many sunsets and, you know, you don't see it just receding in the distance, which is what they were saying this just atmospheric perspective eventually we stop seeing the sun because it gets so far away mm-hmm. so but you actually see that disc go over the horizon and disappear bit by bit it doesn't right. fade away right it doesn't become so small you can't see it you just lose the bottom third and then a little more off the bottom and then a little more off the bottom it's, and yes. then finally the top of it and they did not see that they said <laughs> no no just use your eyes it's like i think i am I'm pretty, that's all i've got guys <laughs> what, what are you what are you saying and i really couldn't get past that i didn't know what they were saying but they were describing the sun that was just receding so far away from us that it disappeared from vision. And yeah, this is the same argument that's made in Earth, not a globe. And there were boats out there. We're looking at the boats and you just can't see that far from where we were standing. Mm-hmm. The horizon just disappears in less than three, maybe five miles. Like it didn't go out that far. Right. It's like, where's the rest of it? I don't have a good answer for you. And and they were insisting that as things disappear over the horizon, like you were saying, you're not chopping off little bits of the bottom of them, that they just fade away. Yeah. And then you should see, I know I don't need to convince you, Ross, but you should see the same shape just getting smaller and smaller, but the whole shape. Yes. Not just part of it. Exactly. The whole shape getting it, tiny. They were assuring me that, oh, well, if you took out a powerful telescope and you look, no, you'd still see all of it. It's just kind of an optical illusion. Well, let's do that. Yeah, right. Let's do that indeed. Uh, there was, and then how does nighttime work? Right. Where does that sound go? Oh, well, it's if just, you could just pull out your thing and see it. Well, and they realize that when it's day here, it's night somewhere right. else and vice versa. But they feel it's just because that sun is traveling around like right. the North Pole's in the center. But yeah, it's traveling around the disk of the Earth. And so we all just see it at different portions. Yeah. How does it completely obscure so that we don't see it at all? And then we can still look at it with a telescope. I mean, I can't see a place where it's day with a telescope. Right. There should always be at least the glow of the sun somewhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's just like work with basically us, people. a star. So I was really <sighs> expecting to get something a little more substantial, like that would really cause me to think. But so far, not too convinced. It turns out that people who believe something that was pretty much dismissed before there was writing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have some pretty simple arguments. So there are many more arguments and a whole other meeting that we can't wait to tell you about. But I think we we better save them for our next episode. I think so too. But what a wild ride around this disc. Yeah, that was wild and a lot of fun. It, It felt 
different than our other investigations in some really substantial ways. And uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to uh, more with them, hopefully. Well, there's definitely more episodes coming. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our producer and co-editor is Ian Kramer. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ONRAC, O-N-R-A-C. You'll see the picture of us with our Flat Earth group. You can see them making the universal symbol for for the flat Earth. You hold out your arm so that your forearm, the length of a cubit, is perfectly flat. And that's how you identify yourself as, ah, yeah, I know the Earth is flat. That's right. And you can also support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Tell your friends about us. You can do that by writing us a review on iTunes or sharing us on Facebook when your friend asks, what podcast should I be listening to? Say, listen to this podcast. Exactly. Simple enough. And remember. 200 Proofs Earth is Not a Spinning Ball by Eric Dubay. One. The horizon always appears perfectly flat 360 degrees around the observer, regardless of altitude. All amateur balloon, rocket, plane, and drone footage show a completely flat horizon over 20-plus miles high. Only NASA and other government space agencies show curvature in their fake CGI photos and videos. 2. The horizon always rises to the eye level of the observer as altitude is gained, so you never have to look down to see it. If Earth were in fact a globe, no matter how large, as you ascended, the horizon would stay fixed and the observer would have to tilt looking down further and further to see it. 3. The natural physics of water is to find and maintain its level. If Earth were a giant sphere tilted, wobbling, and hurtling through infinite space, then truly flat, consistently level surfaces would not exist here. But since Earth is in fact an extended flat plane, This fundamental physical property of fluids finding and remaining level is consistent with experience and common sense. How's it going, everyone? I'm Oliver Wang. And I'm Morgan Rhodes. We have a brand new show on the Maximum Fun Network that we'd love to share with you. It's called Heat Rocks. Morgan, we should probably explain what a heat rock is. It is a banger, a fire track, true fire. Right. Dope album. Each episode, we will bring on a special guest to join us to talk about one of their heat rocks. It might be a musician. A writer. Maybe a scholar. I mean, I would have been happy to just talk to you about your heat rocks, but this is a different show. Yeah. So. I think people might enjoy hearing maybe the guests instead. To do that, you'll have to go to MaximumFun.org. So if you want to talk about hot music, you should check us out. Heat Rocks. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.